Blog Talk Radio. For the next two hours, we will be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And, of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion number to call, 646-727-3070, 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. That's blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. And you can send messages to the show on Twitter at go for again You also can send messages to the show in the chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash pecan. There you can send messages, and, you know, we can chat it on up and have a good, 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 good time. Great show lined up for you today. Expect to be joined by Eagles wide receiver Aurelius Ben, and as he prepares for the upcoming NFL season, which a long time away, but you got a lot of the OTAs and minicamps going on right now, so be great to talk to Aurelius about his upcoming season with the Philadelphia Eagles. New change of scenery for him and something that he definitely felt he needed. So we'll see how he performs with the Philadelphia Eagles, but it's going to be great to talk to him. Also, expect to be joined by former NBA star Contino Mobley, Cat Mobley, making a return to the NBA, trying to make a comeback to the NBA. We'll see if it can happen. We're going to talk to him about his comeback and also about the NBA Finals, which get started tonight. And also, Sacramento Kings forward Patrick Patterson will join us. We're going to talk to Patrick. He has a, a basketball camp coming up here in Judge, basketball camp coming up in July in Kentucky. Also, we're going to talk to him about the NBA Finals, talk to him about his offseason, and talk to him about his season as well. But we got to get started, and we're going to start in the NBA. The NBA Finals get started tonight. An exciting matchup. This is the matchup that I wanted last week. This is the matchup that I wanted last week. I, I said to you, everything that I said was going to happen actually did happen in terms of Indiana winning game six, Birdman Anderson was suspended for game six. With Birdman being out in game six for the Miami Heat, you had to say advantage. You had to say advantage, Indiana, and it was an advantage for the Indiana Pacers as they won game six, dominated game six, and then that forced the Game 7, and in Game 7, the Miami Heat dominated. Dwayne Wade woke up, and the Miami Heat took off. Ray Allen woke up, and the Miami Heat took off and dominated that game, and ultimately they got to the NBA Finals. You look at this NBA Finals coming up, man, and it's a lot of excitement, but, you know, the storylines are, are, are abound. I mean, LeBron James going up against the Spurs after – he played the Spurs his first finals appearance back in 2007, swept out by the Spurs. And if you remember that clip after uh, in the locker room there, you had Tim Duncan talking to LeBron and telling LeBron, you know what, thanks for letting me win this time, and at some point this is going to be your league. Obviously, Tim Duncan doesn't want it to be LeBron's league in this series. That, that's pretty obvious. That's very evident, and that's very obvious. But that was you, – you remember that clip and you're saying to yourself, wow, 
they're coming in their their rematch. This is a rematch for LeBron. This is a, an opportunity for LeBron to get back and and change and take the bad taste out of his mouth from 2007. I mean, you look at that series back in 2007, and some are are saying that the Miami Heat have morphed into the Miami Cavaliers, as Reggie Miller called them. I mean, until Game Seven, it was it was a LeBron James show. It was a one man show. It was a one-man show in LeBron James, and they looked like the Cavaliers. They looked like the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's what they looked like. They looked like LeBron's Cavaliers. But game seven, Dwayne Wade stepped up. Dwayne Wade was big time in game seven for the Miami Heat. To me, that performance tells me, shows me, that he is going to be a difference in this series against the Spurs. You need Dwayne Wade if you're going to beat the San Antonio Spurs. There's just no doubt about it. You're going to need Dwayne Wade. You're going to need his production. You're going to need him to be one of the big three. You're going to need him to be one of the big three. You're going to need him to be that. He has to be that if you expect to beat the San Antonio Spurs. This is a different animal that Miami has faced in these playoffs to this point, the Chicago Bulls, they don't have and did not have the offensive firepower that the San Antonio Spurs have. They don't have it. They don't have that firepower. The Indiana Pacers, yes, they, they beat up the heat down low, but they did not have the firepower that the San Antonio Spurs have. So this is going to be different for the Heat because they're going to be playing a team that can actually score the basketball. They're going to be playing a team that can actually score. And that's big. And that, to me, makes this series very interesting. Makes this series very, very interesting. Because, again, the Bulls, they couldn't score. The Pacers, not a big-time scoring team, but the San Antonio Spurs, they're going to be able to score the basketball. And so that's going to make for an interesting series. You look at some of the keys, Tony Parker, what happened with the Chicago Bulls when they played played the uh, Miami Heat. Nate Robinson had a field day. Nate Robinson had a field day. You know why Nate Robinson had a field day? Because the Heat have a hard time stopping penetrating guards. Tony Parker has to have a field day. Tony Parker has to be big time for the San Antonio Spurs, and I believe he can be big time. The difference is Nate Robinson was throwing it out to Noah and and Jimmy Butler. This time Parker's going to be throwing it out to Ginobili, dropping it down to Duncan, Danny Green on the outside – so it's going to be a lot different. It's going to be a different situation this time around for the Miami Heat. They're playing a team that can actually score the basketball. Who will be the X factor for the Miami Heat? Who will be the X factor for the San Antonio Spurs? Make sure you listen, because I'm going to tell you in a few moments who will be the X factor for the Miami Heat. We know for the Spurs. But who is the X Factor for the Miami Heat? 
You're listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio. Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man, Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! Thank you, sir. You got it, brother. Have a go, man. And we're back. And we're going to go back to the NBA Finals. In a moment now. But we're, we're going to be joined now by Eagles wide receiver. And the Eagles right now are going through their OTAs. And a lot of fun things coming out of those OTAs for the Philadelphia Eagles. you got music. you got smoothies. you got an up-tempo offense. you got an up-tempo practice. you got a lot of fun. And one of the guys a part of that is the newest member of the Philadelphia Eagles, wide receiver Aurelius Ben. Let's bring him in now, wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles, Aurelius Ben. Aurelius, how are you, man? Hey, what's going on? How are you? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. And you guys just finished finished up the OTAs. You put in a lot of great work out there. Were you happy with your work during the OTAs for the Philadelphia Eagles? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, just coming in here with a fresh start and, you know, being in Chip Kelly's offense and, you know, learning his scheme of things and just being around a great organization. You know, I'm just excited to be here, and I feel as though that I, you know, put a lot of good things out in camp and mini camp, and so, you know, just get ready for the season and head into training camp. Now, everybody's talking about the up-tempo style of a Chip Kelly practice. Give the fans Uh, a sense of a typical Chip Kelly practice. Fast, you know, nonstop. You know, everything, everything is fast tempo. You know, we're we're not in a traditional, you know, get the play call and call in the huddle. We're out there and we get the signal and we're we're lined up. We're ready to go. So, you know, some guys say it's a track meet, but you know, it pretty much is a track meet. Have you ever been? Have you ever seen or been a part of something like this? Uh, yeah, definitely. I had some experience with it when I was in college playing at uh, Illinois under Ron Zook and. You know, Mike Lockson, we had the uh, fast-tempo offense, and we ran no huddle and getting hand signals and stuff, so I'm pretty much familiar with it. Now, what is your first impression of this Chip Kelly offense? Obviously, you said you had some experience with it, but this is a little different. What's your first impression of it? Um, it's it's, a, it's an offense that you have to understand. You know, uh, you have to understand the philosophy of it. You have to understand the spacing in the offense, and you pretty much have to, you know, know – Everything you got to know what every receiver and every position is doing because you could be caught in any one of those positions. Now it's still early at this point, but have the Eagles told you what your role may be when the season gets started? Uh, no, you know it's 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 a, it's a fresh start for everybody, you know, and uh, all the only thing you can do is go out there and learn your assignment, and uh, everything else to take care of itself. We're talking to Eagles wide receiver Aurelius Ben. And the Eagles acquired you, Aurelius, in the offseason from Tampa 
First off, did that trade surprise you at all? No, not at all. Definitely not at all. So you kind of knew it was going to happen at some point, whether it was the Eagles or some other team. Yeah, I, I kind of I, I knew it was going to happen. You know, I was pushing for it to happen. I didn't know the Eagles it was going to be the Eagles, but, you know, it, it worked out tremendously. And I was reading so and obviously with you, injuries have been a problem. You missed eight games last season with Tampa Bay. And I was reading somewhere at this point you said you don't like how your career has been going. Talk about that. Right. You know, I, I've, I've never been a guy to get injured, you know, uh, ever since I've been, you know, playing football and having major injuries. I never had a major injury since I got to the league. So, you know, that you know that's what I mean, missing games and, you know, uh, not being able to play, not being able to show my time. And, 110%. You know, uh, my biggest thing is I know I need to stay healthy. Once I stay healthy, these guys are learning for me. And, um, you know, I just got to maintain and just stay healthy. Now, what have you done in this off season to prevent those injuries? Oh, man, that's a, you know, that's a good question. I've, uh, I've done a lot of things as far as with my diet, uh, my style of training, you know, just being a better pro overall and, you know, sacrificing a lot of little things for me to, you know, last a whole season and do the things that I need to do. So, you know, I pretty much has, have been on a lot of different new things. Now, I was reading somewhere where you said that you needed a change of scenery. You needed to get out of Tampa. Why do you feel you needed that change of scenery? Um, you know, uh, I, I just did. You know, I, I, I had my share of injuries down there, and, you know, the way things was, was going with the new coaching staff, you know, you know, some things I may have not agreed on, but, you know, I'm just happy to be a Philadelphia Eagle. You know, that's the past. I don't want to talk about the past. Let the past be the past, and just, just look forward. We're talking to Eagles wide receiver Aurelius Ben, and we talked about the practices and a lot of interesting things going on at the practice, including the music. Did you like the sounds right. of DJ Chip Kelly? <laughs> definitely, definitely, man. The, you know, to have the music out there, it's, it's like elevates everything ten times better. It's kind of like when you're working out and you listen to your favorite song and make you want to go longer or, or do the things that you thought you couldn't do if you wasn't listening to the music. So it, it kind of benefits us. Now, but was also, there a song you know, you kinda... that – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Was was there a song that stood out for you? Was was there a song that like, that's my jam, I I, I like that song? Did you have those moments? Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a lot of uh, songs that, you know, hit songs that are out right now that everybody's pretty much listening to. It could be rap, you know, uh, country, anything, you know. So it's a lot of songs that go around. And also the smoothies. Uh, there's some smoothies going around there. Did you have a favorite smoothie? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, you get to choose your smoothie, what you want, and they give you options or whatever. You know, just a you know traditional smoothie, nothing, nothing crazy. Oh, okay, so nothing special. Yeah. Now, all in all, what can fans expect out of you in 2013? Uh, you know, just a guy that's going to go out there and do everything that he needs to do times ten. You know, um, just stay healthy and and play football, do what I do best. Definitely, definitely, and this is a big opportunity for you. The NBA Finals, Aurelius, is going on now. Do you have yeah. a pick for us? Do you have a pick? How do you see it playing out? Ah, man, I, I don't know. I didn't pay too much attention to the Spurs, but, you know, 
it's going to be definitely a great series. You know, it kind of it's kind of like the younger guys versus versus the older guys. You know, uh, right. but you kind of got to figure the experience is always going to come out on top. So we'll see. So with that being said, you like the Spurs in the NBA Finals. <laughs> if that's what you want to say, go ahead. Yeah, I like the Spurs. <laughs> All right, Spurs it is. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with that pick. I mean, I think it's going to be some good basketball being played and should be very, very interesting. Aurelius, I know you're on Twitter. Where can fans connect with you on Twitter? Uh, really, is Ben. Okay. So, fans, make sure you head out to Twitter. Check out my man Aurelius Ben. Follow him on Twitter. This man talks to his fans. He loves his fans. So make sure you check him out on Twitter. Aurelius, man, a pleasure talking to you. Wish you nothing man, but the best of luck. Let's do this also. again. Man, thank Take you. Care. Appreciate it. Aurelius Ben, wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. And, and this is a great opportunity for him. Great opportunity, change of scenery, going from Tampa to Philadelphia, opportunity for him to show the ability that he had coming out of college. Or, you know, he came out of college with a lot of promise. He's had a hard time staying healthy, and that's going to be the key to him, for him. Can he stay healthy? If he stays healthy, I think he contribute, He can contribute for the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I definitely think he can help the Eagles out. I really do. The key thing is for him is staying healthy. We'll see if Aurelius Ben can stay healthy in 2013. Back to the NBA Finals. Aurelius Spence said, you know what? He's going with experience over, over the minus. He's, he's picking experience. So if you're picking experience, with that being said, you're favoring the San Antonio Spurs. This is a team full of experience. Their coach, Greg Popovich, the second best coach in the NBA over the last 20 years. Second best to Phil Jackson. He's the second best coach to Phil Jackson in the NBA over the past 20 years. There's no doubt about that. This guy has an opportunity now for five championships. Five. Five chips. That's a lot of championships for any coach in any era. He has that opportunity. He has that opportunity. And, you know, you look at Tim Duncan. You look at the San Antonio Spurs, this all started when Tim Duncan came on the scene. This all started when David Robinson, what was this, back in 1996, David Robinson had some back injuries. The Spurs as a whole was an injury-riddled team. They were an injury-riddled team, chock full of injuries. Injuries was a big problem for the San Antonio Spurs back in 1996. But those injuries got them Tim Duncan. I mean, it got them Tim Duncan. They won the lottery, and ultimately they got Tim Duncan. It got them their guy, Tim Duncan, their guy. And it started off what we've seen with the Spurs over the years. Without that year where David Robinson was hurt, without that year, the Spurs would not be what they are today and what they have been over the years. Greg Popovich would not have been the coach that we know today. We, wouldn't, we probably wouldn't be holding him in high regard like we do. I don't think we would. I really don't. But I look at 
the San Antonio Spurs. This is a team that, again, they can score. That's something the other teams that he had played in these playoffs couldn't do. That's something they could not do. This San Antonio Spurs can score the basketball. That's going to be key in this series. And you look at these two teams also, funny thing, you know, you look at these two teams, you say, okay, they at least played each other two times. So we can look at that and figure out how this series may play out. Well, let's do that. Let's, let's look at the two games that they played. You look at the two games that they played, and you say, okay, game one, they played in Miami, excuse me, in San Antonio, in Miami, excuse me, got it right the first time, can't even talk, got it right the first time in Miami, and the thing about that game, funny thing about that game, Pop sent home Duncan, sent home Parker, sent home Danny Green and Manu Ginobili. So he sent home his big guns. But you know what? The Spurs competed in that game, could have won that game, went down to the end, but the Miami Heat took control in the end, and ultimately won the game. You look at also the Spurs and Heat, they play again in March. Turnabout is fair play. And in this particular situation, Eric Spolstra set down his big guns. LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, he sat down his big guns, his big boys. And guess what? Guess what happens in that game? The Miami Heat win. In San Antonio, Chris Bosh had a big-time game, 23 points in that particular game. So what can you take from those, game, those games? Probably absolutely nothing. You can't take nothing from those games. Those games mean absolutely nothing. They just don't. Chris Bosh was big. In the game in San Antonio, and in the game in Miami, Chris Bosh also had a decent game, 18 points in that game. So what can we say about that? He, he did better when actually when Duncan was in the lineup. He did better when Duncan was in the lineup. Does that mean anything? Probably not. I don't know how much that means. I don't know how much you can take from that. I don't know how much you can take from that. How much can you take from that? Probably nothing. Tiago Splitter actually had some good games. Well, that, that first game, he fared well against the Miami Heat. He had 18 points. Obviously, the, the San Antonio Spurs don't have the beef and the girth that the Indiana Pacers had. They don't have that beef. They don't have that size. They don't have that type of size. They don't. They don't have that size. But one thing that they do have that those other teams don't have is the ability. And, and I, I, I keep saying it over and over, but it's so important, the ability to score the basketball. You look at game ones over the years. Game ones over the years. The home team in game ones are 50 and 16, 75% winning percentage. The home team 
in the NBA Finals. I don't know what you take from that. I don't know if you take anything from that. But it is what it is. San Antonio Spurs, very good road team. Fifth best road record in the NBA during the regular season. Not bad. 23-18 and 18 on the road for the San Antonio Spurs. Solid road team. You look at the Miami Heat now. Big-time home team. Though they have lost a couple times in these playoffs on the road. At home, I should say. Lost to Chicago. At home. Lost to the Pacers. At home. So, you know, very good home team during the regular season. Some chinks in the armor there in the postseason. But Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade have to be big. That is my X factor for the Miami Heat. Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade have to be better. If the Miami Heat want to win this series, it can't be the big one. It's got to be at least the big two, if not the big two and a half. It has to be more than what they have been getting from Wade and from Chris Bosch. I just look at the series against the Indiana Pacers. I look at that series. And I look at that series and I look at game three, a game that the Miami Heat won in convincing fashion, a game that they dominated, a game that that saw Dwayne Wade Robin score 18 points. That's the kind of production you're going to need out of Dwayne Wade. 18 or better, as far as I'm concerned. He's got to average 18 points or better if the Miami Heat want to win this series. That's the way I look at it. 18 points or better. Preferably 20 points per game. That's what he needs to do, in my mind. 20 points per game. I look at the Indiana Pacers series, and I also look at game number five. Dwayne Wade wasn't good, but the Miami Heat were still able to win. But he only had 10 points. Game six, he was awful. Only had 10 points, and the Pacers took that one. But you look at game number seven, and I was listening to the radio, and I heard Jason Jackson who worked for the Miami Heat, heard him say Dwayne Wade shows up big in big-time situations. And he was right. Big-time situation he was up against, up against, excuse me, in a big-time situation he took over. Obviously, LeBron James is the, is the reason the Miami Heat are where they're at. But Dwayne Wade was a big help in Game 7. He was a big help in Game 7. You don't get that type of production from Dwayne Wade Maybe you lose that series. Now, I told you before that game started that the Miami Heat were going to win. I didn't expect them to win as easily as they did. I thought it would be close for a good period of time, and they would pull away at the end. But they took over that game in the second quarter, and from there, the series and that game were essentially over. 
It was just extended garbage time, at least from the third period on. Extended garbage time. So as far as I'm concerned, the X factor, the key for the Miami Heat is that you can't just have a big one. You need a big two, at least a big two and a half. You need Dwayne Wade and LeBron James to be good. You need those guys to be good. If those guys are not good, it's going to be very tough. It's going to be very difficult for the Miami Heat. Those guys have to be at their best. Those guys have to be good. They have to be good. If you want success, those guys have to be good. Those guys have to be better. And I'm talking about success in terms of the Miami Heat. If you want that, those guys cannot play the way they played at points against the Indiana Pacers. That's not going to be acceptable. That's not going to do it. That's not going to cut it against the San Antonio Spurs. It's not going to cut it. It's not going to do it. It's just not. So, you know, obviously, I mean, Chris Bosh has had some success against San Antonio in the regular season, but Indiana, I mean, he was just dominated. He was shut down. He was shut down. I mean, five games, look at the last five games against the Pacers. Starting in game seven, nine points. Game six, five points. Game four, I mean, excuse me, game five, seven points. Game four, seven, game four, seven points. Game three, 15 points. I mean, the last four games have been abysmal for Chris Bosch. Not rebounding the basketball that well and not scoring that well. I mean, three for 13 in game seven, one for eight, game six, three for seven in game five, and one for six in game four. Those numbers have to be better. Those numbers need to be better if the Miami Heat want to repeat. Just has to be better. Chris Bosh cannot, cannot put up those type of numbers. And the Miami Heat, if he does put up those type of numbers, could be in trouble against the San Antonio Spurs. We'll talk more about that series in a moment, and we'll talk about whether or not the Spurs can truly shut down LeBron James. Can they limit LeBron James? Is there anybody on this roster who can limit LeBron James? We'll get to that in a moment. But I want to go now to baseball, and I want to go to Tony Bosch, Anthony Bosch, uh, not Chris Bosch, Tony Bosch, and the whole PED situation with A-Rod and Ryan Braun and those boys. And, you know, this is an interesting story, very interesting story. And before we get to the story, do you remember way back when, when, when Alex Rodriguez was, was going to be and we were all championing his cause and he was going to be the quote-unquote clean home run king, you know, Barry Bonds. We know he had some issues with PEDs. We know he's, he dabbled in PEDs, whether it was knowingly or unknowingly. We we know he dabbled in it. Well, A-Rod was supposed to be the guy now who was supposed to 
uh, usher in the new Yankee Stadium. He was supposed to get the home run record, be the home run king at Yankee Stadium, the new Yankee Stadium. He was supposed to be the clean home run king. He was supposed to be the good guy. He was supposed to be the guy that we could finally call a home run king and be happy about it, be okay with it, not want to put an asterisk by it. Well, that all changed for the first time he was on the list, and that's continuing to change now that this situation came out with Tony Bosch, the founder of Biogenesis of America in Florida. Well, Tony Bosch has said he will. He will cooperate with MLB. He will talk with MLB, and there are reports now that they're looking, them being MLB, Major League Baseball, looking to suspend 20 players connected to that clinic. And the big fish, big fish is, is and are Ryan Braun and Alex Rodriguez. Those are the big names. Those are the big names. Bosch is scheduled to sit down with MLB officials tomorrow. He is scheduled to sit down with MLB officials tomorrow. Now, you know, Anthony Bosch, this is a guy, Tony Bosch, I should say, can't even talk, should say, uh, this is a guy who, who's a little sketchy. So how much can we believe what he says? Do I believe, if, if you put a gun to my head, do I believe I do. I believe that Alex Rodriguez was a part of this and did take PEDs and was a you know was getting some PEDs, his PEDs from Tony Bosch. Sure, I believe it. That's not surprising to me. I believe it. I do believe it. You know, I, I definitely do believe it. Now, you know, Braun's name appears on the list. A Rod's name appears on the list. There are a bunch of other players who appear on the list, including Melky Cabrera, including Bartolo Colon, including uh, Johnny Peralta, to name a few. Gio Gonzalez actually was on that list, but sources tell ESPN that Gonzalez took legal substances, took legal things from this lab. You know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. With this whole PED thing, the reality is this. No matter how many tests they bring out, put out, and use, the players are going to find a way to beat it. If you want to beat it, there's a way out there. Because the reality is the the masking agents and all the ways to conceal these type of things, are they're better. They're a step ahead of the actual test. So because of that, you know, there there are always going to be guys out there who are going to continue to use these things. It, it's kind of like it's kind of like the war on drugs in America. I mean, you, you know, you, you, periodically you'll see big drug bust here, big drug bust there. Yeah, but who cares? I mean, you know, the war on drugs obviously has been a failure. You can't win it. You can't beat it. So a lot of people say, since you can't beat it, since you can't win it, legalize it, at least marijuana. A lot of people are talking that. And you have a lot of people out here who believe that you should legalize all performance-enhancing drugs. You know what? 
if it's out there, let them use it. You know what I mean? Let them use it. Let them go have at it. And, you know, I mean, I don't, I, I, I'm, sometimes I, I say yes, let them just, it is what it is. And then sometimes I say, you know what, no, it's really not good. You don't, we don't know the, the side effects. We don't know some of the things that could happen from some of these things. And, you know, we, we know the definitive, definitive side effects from steroids. You know, and, and some people have some questions with, with human growth hormones and the benefits of them, and some people believe they're very beneficial. So, you know, there, there's a lot of schools of thought out here. I feel like, you know what, I think we still should test for them. I think we still should fight the good fight. But at the same time, I'm saying to myself, okay, is it really that big of a deal? Is it really that big of a deal? It is their body. If you choose to do those type of things, you do know the consequences for your actions. And also the reality is this. If you have an opportunity to make millions and millions of dollars and you need some help in doing it, Yes, there could be some long-term health effects, but your short-term, your life could be great, making millions and millions of dollars and buying big houses and driving fancy cars and just living up, living the good life, living the good life with the help of PEDs. Is it worth it? I think that varies from guy to guy. I think that whole situation varies from guy to guy. But, hey, they always say when there's smoke, there is fire, and there's a lot of smoke here, a lot of smoke here. There's a lot of smoke right here, and Ryan Braun, I mean, we, we talk about, I talked about Ryan Braun when that happened uh, last year, and, you know, he essentially got off on a technicality, basically. So I don't, I don't you know, I, I, if you see Ryan Braun's name connected to this, that's not surprising. None of these things are surprising. You know what I mean? Whoever, it's not surprising anymore. You got guys going into their 40s and doing some amazing things. Is it them? Is it real? Or is it PEDs? Is it PEDs that's helping them do super miraculous, superhuman type things? When you turn 40, when you turn, when you're in your late 30s. You are not supposed to do some of the things that Barry Bonds did. You're just not. You're just not. So the thing about it is you look at everybody now who comes up and, you know, the home run numbers explode or you guys who, who have big-time seasons, and you say to yourself, is this really real? Is this really real? And, and you wonder to yourself, is it too good to be true? And a wise man always said, if something is too good to be true, more often than not, it's too good to be true. If something is too good to be true, more often than not, it's probably too good to be true. And and that, to me, is the reality of the situation. If it's too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true, and it's probably not real. It's probably not real. And so you look at guys, and you say to yourself, 
you know, obviously if you're some of the guys that put up superhuman numbers, you look at back in 1998 when this whole thing really exploded, when Sosa and McGuire putting up crazy home run numbers, you know, something just was not right. Some say it was the ball, and it was the type of ball they were using. You know, so you know everybody pointed, or some would say it's the the stadium sizes. You know, the easier to hit a home run. But we all knew what was going on. Baseball knew what was going on. The world knew what was going on. It didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what was going on. It was not real what we saw. We, I mean, you know, but the reality is this. You know, I guess there's a trade-off for it. Yes. There was a, the game may have been dirty from the standpoint of PEDs and whatnot, but guess what? People were coming back to the game after the '94 season, the strike season. It was taking some people some time to come back. Guess what? Home runs started going out the ballpark. Fans started flocking to the ballpark, watching McGuire. I mean, we were watching McGuire's batting practices the way we were watching LeBron James's. Uh, you know, his dunk, his pregame dunk contest. And the McGuire and Sosa batting practices was much bigger than that. You know what I mean? People were told he hit the ball out of the stadium. I mean, it was just amazing what was going on there and how much attention it brought to baseball. Baseball needed it. Baseball needed it. They needed it. They needed it. They needed that explosion. They needed that explosion of home runs. Chicks dig the long ball. Girls love the long ball. They love home runs. People love home runs. So, you know, Alex Rodriguez, I mean, you question now whether or not he is a Hall of Famer at this point. Obviously, the numbers are eye-popping. The numbers are Hall of Fame-worthy numbers. They are Hall of Fame caliber numbers. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I don't think anybody on this earth can argue that. They are Hall of Fame caliber numbers. But now you have two instances of Alex Rodriguez now being connected to performance-enhancing drugs. So, as great as those 647 home runs are, as great as those 2,900 hits are, you wonder now, is he a byproduct of PEDs? Is Alex Rodriguez nothing but a byproduct of PEDs? Obviously, he has a lot of talent. Obviously, he has a lot of ability. And maybe without the PEDs, he doesn't hit 600. But maybe he hits like four or five. Maybe. Maybe. But this guy has been connected two times to PEDs. Two times. So at this point, you have to question whether or not Alex Rodriguez is a Hall of Famer. And, you know, even during that time when PEDs was, was big time in baseball, and probably still are, let's be real, 
But everybody was on it. I don't want to say everybody, but there was a, a lot of people on it. There was a lot of people using performance-enhancing drugs. A lot of people were. A lot of people. Alex Rodriguez, obviously, was one of them. A lot of people were using performance-enhancing drugs. And it goes back to whether or not, in terms of the Hall of Fame in this era of baseball, do we do we exclude everybody, or do we just say the whole generation was cheating, and we bring everybody in and say was well, it even playing field because there was a good amount of good amount of individuals cheating? Do you do, use that? Do you do it that way? Is that the way you go about it, or is it the other way around? And you say, you know what, let's kind of pick and choose which guys make it to the Hall of Fame. Let's pick and choose. I mean, let's say, okay, all right, Bonds, Clemens, you two, you know what? We've determined that you would have been in the Hall of Fame no matter what. Because of this determination, we feel like you guys are Hall of Famers. Okay, McGuire, Sammy Sosa, you two. We're not so sure about you. We don't know whether or not you actually would have made the Hall of Fame or would have put up Hall of Fame caliber numbers, I should say, without the use of PEDs. We don't know that. So do we exclude you? Raphael Palmero. I know you told us you didn't take performance-enhancing drugs, but we found out later that you did. Do we exclude you because of the belief that you would not have been able to put up Hall of Fame caliber numbers without the help of PEDs? Is that what we do? I mean, it's it's very tricky. And the writers who vote for this type of thing are split on it. you got some who believe, you know what? Yes, you do exclude all of them. And then some believe, you know what? He may have made it even though he used performance-enhancing drugs even if he never used a PED, he still would have been in the Hall of Fame. So a lot of you know, you got a lot of thoughts, you got a lot of ideas, you got a lot of opinions, you got a lot of beliefs. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you have to decide for you if you're a Hall of Fame voter whether or not you can look past it and say everybody cheated, so let's take the best of the best. It is what it is. Or do you say, you know what, do you take some kind of moral stand and say, no, that's not going to work? No. No. If you use performance-enhancing drugs, you do not deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. That's it, period, point blank. And, you know, we'll see how it all shakes out. But Alex Rodriguez, how much has this guy fallen? How much has he fallen? You know, he was at the top. He was at the top. He was on the verge of being the quote-unquote clean home run king. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. And obviously we knew that years ago that that this was not going to happen. But at this point, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I guess there's a little buyer's remorse from the Yankees and Alex Rodriguez.
little buyer's remorse. And it was, you know, obviously, you know, you pay A-Rod all that money. And, you know, with the belief that this guy, again, was going to be the home, the clean home run king. This was the guy who was going to be the face of baseball in a lot of ways. I and mean, he was the face of baseball for many years in a lot of ways. And this was the guy, again, who was going to be the clean home run king. We all know, again, that ain't happening. That ain't happening. It ain't happening. It's not going to happen. It can't happen. It won't happen. Wow. That's just a just a crazy, crazy story. I want to go to the NFL now. and Josh Brent. Josh Brent. All I can do is, when I'm looking at this story and reading the story, is shake my head. S-M-H when it comes to Josh Brent. This is a guy now, Josh Brent, tested positive for marijuana. You remember Josh Brent, Cowboy defensive tackle, who was drunk, intoxicated, and got into a car accident and killed his best friend, Cowboys linebacker Jerry Brown, Josh Brown. Josh Brent, excuse me. Now Josh Brent is the guy now who tested positive for marijuana. He's out on bond. He's out on bond, and he's smoking weed. This is a guy who, who, this is the same guy, the same guy who had issues before with driving drunk, the same guy who drove drunk and killed his best friend, and is now the same guy who tested positive for marijuana, same guy now smoking weed. I had a lot of sympathy for Josh Brent. Still do. I was one of the ones who was saying, you know what? Yes, what he did was bad. Yes, what happened was awful. But I was one of the ones saying, you know what? This guy should just get probation because he suffered enough. He suffered enough because, after all, he did lose his best friend. And he was the reason his best friend died. So I was one of the ones who said, you know what? Give Josh Brent an opportunity. Let him on the sideline. Let him on the sideline. And a lot of controversy came from that. It's okay. If Jerry, Jerry Brown's mom said support him, and you know what? I was okay with that. She said it. I'm okay with it. She said support him. I say okay. Fine. But now... You're testing. You're, you're smoking weed. Test positive for marijuana. Now the judge, now the prosecutor, I should say, is asking the judge to revoke your bond. You're out on a hundred thousand dollar bond. Now the prosecutor is saying, revoke that, take that away. This is a guy who also failed a urine test on May twenty fourth. And this is a guy now who had increased monitoring in terms of alcohol. 
They started monitoring him even more for alcohol. They increased it. They increased it. They increased it. More monitoring for Josh Brent. They they said at the time, you know what, maybe it came from rubbing alcohol or, or being around alcohol. Maybe. And now this guy is smoking weed and tests positive for marijuana. This guy's smoking weed. And at this point, I'm done with you, Josh Brent. You obviously do not care enough about yourself. You obviously don't care about a second chance, another opportunity. That's not important to you. I'm done with you, man. They want to revoke the bond. So be it. So be it. How can you now get it giving being out on bond, how can you now act a fool and get high? How can you do that? How can you do that? Knowing your situation. That's just dumb. That's just absolutely positively stupid. And, you know, maybe he has problems. Maybe he has a problem. I don't know. But it's just dumb. Just dumb. A lot of coaching activity in the NBA. George Carl now out as coach of the Denver Nuggets. George Carl is out as coach of the Denver Nuggets. But he does have an interest. The Clippers are said to be interested. The Grizzlies are said to be interested. I mean, this is a, a crazy thing. I mean, he's going into his final year of his contract. He was the coach of the year last season for in the NBA. I mean, he had uh, – I mean, Denver Nuggets were a team that was, in my mind, a team that could really make some noise in the playoffs. But once their big gun, Gallinari, went down, it was tough sledding for the Nuggets. Tough, tough sledding. I mean, the talk was this was he was going into his final year of his contract, and he wanted a new deal. That's the reason he wanted a new deal. I guess the Denver Nuggets felt otherwise. And ultimately, George Carl resigned as coach. Well, it was a mutual decision. They both came together and said, you know what, let's move on. And, I mean, Denver Nuggets, yes, they've had a lot of success. But the reality is also they've been going out in the first round a lot. They haven't really been advancing under George Carl. Yes, they got to the conference final that one year. But other than that, they've been having a tough time getting out of the first round. An awful tough time getting out of the first round. Now, whether or not they can find somebody to upgrade, uh, whether or not they'll find an upgrade, whether or not they'll find a better coach that's out there. I mean, Lionel Hollins is out there, and that's another strange situation. This is the guy who led the Grizzlies. Yes, the Memphis Grizzlies to the conference championship round. Led them to the conference championship round. This is the Grizzlies we're talking about. Not the Lakers. Not the Celtics. We're talking about the Memphis Grizzlies. We're talking about the Memphis Grizzlies who traded away arguably their best scorer in Rudy Gay. And still 
found a way to get to the NBA to the NBA Western Conference Finals. They still found a way to get to the Conference Finals. That's a credit to the coaching. That's a credit to Lionel Hollins and the job that he did for the Memphis Grizzlies. He did a great job for the Memphis Grizzlies. George Carl equally did a great job for the Denver Nuggets. But both of these guys are without jobs at this point. They're both without jobs. Clippers have interest in George Carl. So there, there's teams out there. Grizzlies have interest. There's teams out there who have interest. And the Nuggets just actually lost their GM as well. So, you know, this is a this is gonna their front office and their coaching staff obviously is gonna look much different in twenty thirteen. It's going to be much different. Much different. I mean Kenneth Fareed tweeted, you know what? So we lost a GM, now a coach. What's next? Ty Lawson texting the Denver Post. All oh, this is crazy and unexpected. Don't know what to say. So, I mean, I was, this was shocking. I mean, this is, was unexpected. I, you didn't expect George Carl not to return to the Denver Nuggets. I mean, if he was going to be separated from the Nuggets, you would think it would be because of health problems, because he has had health problems. But you didn't think it would end like this. You didn't think it would end like this. Is he a good fit for the Los Angeles Clippers? I mean, as good as George Carl has been over the years, he hasn't taken his teams over the top. He hasn't put his teams over the top. I don't think you're knocking the doors down to get at George Carl. Runs an up-tempo style, but, I mean, other than those teams in Seattle, and you had those teams in Seattle who lost what? You had them losing to the Denver Nuggets in that first round. Was at 94 when they had the best record? And then he did lead them to the NBA Finals in 96. Ultimately, they would lose to Michael Jordan, but everybody lost to Michael Jordan in the 90s. Everybody did. So that's, you know, it is what it is. But do you believe that George Carl is the type of coach that can put your team over the top? And that's what the Clippers are at right now. Obviously, they need to resign Chris Paul, but they're at that point now where they need to take that next step. They need to take that next step, and that next step has to be at least getting out of the first round. They got out of the first round two seasons ago. Didn't get out of the first round this year, but this is a team, the Clippers, who in a lot of ways have championship aspirations. But again, it all has to start with resigning Chris Paul. And we don't know if that's going to happen. You know, Chris Paul's not happy with the Los Angeles Clippers. And also the situation, people are saying Chris Paul and Dwight Howard could team up in Atlanta. And the league may be coming after Atlanta for tampering. Because their PR staff and trying to sell some season tickets to their fan base may have tampered with the likes of Dwight Howard and with the likes of Chris Powell, Chris Paul by putting their name and using their name in the material to try to sell tickets. 
Can't do it. That's tampering. You got to wait. You got to wait to the end of the season. You got to wait. They couldn't wait. They were excited about the possibilities. They were excited about the duo of Dwight Howard going back home to Atlanta and Chris Paul going to Atlanta where he starred at Georgia Tech. A lot of interesting things going on in the NBA, not only on the court but off the court. Free agency is going to be exciting. The Dwight Mayer, I guess for Lakers fans on some level, will continue into this offseason. Where will Dwight go? Where will he go? Does he go to and stay in Los Angeles, or does he go to the Rockets, the Mavericks? Where does he go? The second hour of Go For It starts right now. Second hour of Go For It, about to get started. In this hour, we're expected to be joined by Sacramento Kings forward Patrick Patterson. Uh, Patrick traded to the, uh, the Kings during the season. He's a guy that put up decent numbers last year for the Rockets and Kings. And we're going to get his take on the NBA Finals, get his take on his offseason and his preparation. Also, he has a, a basketball academy coming up, PPAT Academy in Lexington, Kentucky, starting July 1. So we're going to talk to him about that particular event that he has coming up. But we're also going to, you know, look forward to talking about the NBA Finals. We're going to try to get Katino Mobley on the line. He, uh, we had him scheduled as well. Hopefully we can get him on here in this second hour. But let's go back to the NBA Finals, which is about to get started. Starting at 9 o'clock Eastern time. It's 8 o'clock now, so our till tip-off, an hour before the NBA Finals get started. And I said earlier, the key, as far as I'm concerned for the Miami Heat, is Wade and Bosh. They need to step up. We can't have bad games out of those two, especially if the Miami Heat want to win. But also, in terms of who can stop LeBron James on the San Antonio Spurs, it's probably going to be up to Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard will get the assignment, get the job of trying to stop LeBron James. Good luck with that. I mean, LeBron James is playing at an all-time level at this point. He put the Miami Heat on his back. Get on this back and let's ride on home. Get on my back and let's ride home. He got him this far. He got him this far. Can he take him farther? Can he take them further? Can he will the Miami Heat? Can he put them on his back one more time? He can't put them on his back. He can't do it. He can't do it. And not against this team. Not against this team. Against the Pacers, yes. Against the Bulls, that's fine. Against the Bucks, yes. This San Antonio Spurs team is a different animal, a whole diff- whole other animal. They also defend fair- very well, fairly well. 11th 
in the league during the regular season in points allowed. So that's the upper half, just outside of top ten in terms of defending the basketball, in terms of points allowed. So guess what? This is not a bad defensive team. This is not a bad defensive team. This is a team now that can fairly defend, and this is a team that can execute. They defend, they execute. One thing about the San Antonio Spurs, they don't turn the ball over. Indiana Pacers, they turn the ball over a lot in that series. The Spurs, they take much better care of the ball than the Indiana Pacers. That they do. They take much better care of the ball. They do. And so the reality is, you know, that's going to be key, turnovers, because you don't want to get this heat out on the break. You don't want to get this heat team running. If they're out on the break, they're running, getting dunks, high-fiving, celebrating, laughing, joking, dancing, and having a good time, they're going to be tough to beat. You don't want them on the break. You don't want them out on the break. You don't want them getting easy baskets, getting dunks, getting the crowd involved, jumping around, laughing, having a good time. You don't want that. You don't want that. And that's what the San Antonio Spurs have to avoid. You saw at game seven, Indiana could not take care of the basketball. Indiana just could not take care of the basketball. And again, Tony Parker is not George Hill. Tony Parker is not Nate Robinson. Tony Parker was an MVP candidate for a good part of this season. Many believe that Tony Parker could have been an MVP candidate or could have won the MVP if he stayed healthy. But after the Heat went off, went on that 27-game win streak and LeBron James was 60% from the floor and 30 points per game during that little run that he had, after all that, you know, it was slam dunk in terms of LeBron James and the MVP. But before that, before that, before that, we were talking Tony Parker for MVP. And the way he played against the Memphis Grizzlies, he seems to be back at that level. Small, penetrating guards give the Miami Heat problems. Tony Parker is going to get his. Tony Parker is going to get his. LeBron James, to me, is going to get his. I don't think Kawhi Leonard is going to be able to shut him down. I just don't. But anything is possible. We shall see. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man, Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! Thank you, sir. You got it, brother. Have a go, man. And we're back. And we're going to be joined by now by a guy who's on a road to coming back, looking to get back 
into the NBA. Let's bring him in now, former NBA star, Katino Mobley. Katino, how are you, man? Katino? Hello? Looks like he's having some phone trouble. Let's try again. Katino? All right, we'll try to work that out. Still having some phone troubles. We'll try to work that out. But he's making a comeback. I mean, the guy's been out of the league since 2008, and he's coming back. He's coming back into the league after being gone for five years. You know, he had the heart problem, and because of the heart problem, you know, he was forced to retire. And he's back. He's, he says he's, he's ready to play. He can play. 37 years old. Believes he can help a basketball team. Let's bring him in now. Katino. Hello. Yeah, I'm so sorry, man. This phone, this phone is killing me. Uh, no problem, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, Katino, you decided to come back to the NBA after five years away from the game. Why the comeback? Well, um, actually, I wasn't. I didn't decide to come. I've always been fighting to come back. Um, you know, I've uh, I've been through some vigorous situations that have been going on, trying to clear my name and trying to uh, trying to clear, I guess, this propaganda that's been built around me. Like, if I play, I'll collapse, which is not true. Um, um, I don't want to say too much, but uh, you know, I've been cleared by NBA doctors, independent doctors that are high ranking. So and I have my letters and everything. And uh, last summer I played extremely well. Um, you know, Indiana Pacers were there. Um, Cleveland Cavaliers, Brian Scott, Mark Jackson, um, Mitch Kupchins, a lot of different GMs and coaches there uh, at the Clippers facility. And I held my own. I played really good. And um, I think it's just due to like a lot of I, – I diet well. I still exercise a lot. Um, I'm only around okay. six pounds over playing weight. So – you know, it's not really a comeback for me, uh, for everybody else, because they haven't seen me. I guess you would say that. But, you know, I've been trying uh, for forever now. So don't call it a comeback. You've been here for years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, you you, you did you, you talked about the heart situation. You did have a lawsuit against the Knicks. That ultimately was thrown out. So you're saying at this point uh, the heart is not a problem. Well, yeah, actually it wasn't thrown out. Um, um, it was uh, dismissed, and then the, the, we appealed, and we won our appeal. We won two of our appeals, actually. Uh, they tried okay. to get it thrown out again. So um, well, the, the judge really looked at all the evidence and uh, favored to admit. So that was a really good thing, and that happened on March 15th. So um, now they have to come back and combat what evidence that we have and uh, okay. have some substantial evidence that says that I should be playing. Now, you had your pro day May 31st in Vegas. What kind of feedback are you getting at this point? Well, the thing is, it's like, listen, I, when I played, I played at a high level, you know, ever since for my career. Um, and, I, I, you know, I played, I played in Washington three. So it wasn't that I couldn't play. It was like, can he still, you know, move? And that was, I just wanted to show that I can lead kind of guys. Listen, I'm not 25 no more where I can just go and dunk things and do all that type of stuff. I have glimpses of that. <laughs> but, um you know, at the moment, uh, you know, just say like Indiana, you know, they did extremely well. 
move this team. They did they did really well, but they needed a veteran two, you know, two three maybe him to bring the ball up as one to kind of help knock down shots and keep guys honest. And that's kind of more so what I want to do. But I did well there in Vegas. But it really, to me, and not to, to, to say anything bad about everybody else that was there, but it just wasn't even on my level, you know, as, as okay. uh, uh, um, you know, athletically or, you know, the IQ wasn't hot. Those guys, the Kent didn't really play. Rasul Butler looks really good, though. Okay, okay. Patrick Patterson, we know you're on the line. Just hold the line. We'll get you in a moment. Catino, is it right now for you, is it, do you have to play for a contender or are you willing to just try to get back into the league no matter what team? Well, I mean, listen, Vegas can't be choosers. I, I think I can help a lot of the young guys uh, learn the game and learn how to conduct themselves. Um, I think I did a really good job of not embarrassing the NBA when I was in. Um, and But, but uh, of course, I would love to play for a contender. Um, you know, uh, you know uh, the, the Golden States of the world look good. Uh, the Clippers of the world looks really good. I'm close to those guys. You know, um, but, you know, again, uh, if New Orleans would call and say, listen, I want you to come in and kind of, you know, oversee these guys, be more of a player coach and uh, practice and get us some games, get us some games, and that's great. But I, I think when guys, when a lot of these coaches and executives start to see me, then they'll say, oh, wow, you know, this guy still has it. You know, he got a few more years left. Right, right. We're talking to former NBA star Katina Mobley. Now, how different of a player are you now? I mean, five years ago you were 32 years old, you're 37 now. Talk about the difference in your game, if any. Well, you, you know what? It, it, I mean, when I came to the Clippers, I just wanted to fit in. You know, I wanted to fit in with Elton Brand, Corey McGetty, Sam Cassell, Chris Kane. You know, and all those guys. Um, I think we did extremely well. We, uh, we, you know, uh, the, uh, Roger Bell kind of killed our dreams with that corner shot, that baseline shot in game four right. uh, where we should have won up three to one. But, you know, we, we're, all, we're almost there to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, I'm not that much different. Um, you know, I'll still play D and still knock down shots, you know, create double team. I think I can do all that type of stuff. So and I think teams need that. Um, and, and need that, you know, a clean guy to come in there and, and tell the younger guys, uh, um, you know, how to do things and how, how to react and when to react, and and, and the urgency behind uh, uh, working on yourself and your game. So for me, uh, I haven't really changed, but I have. I think I've gotten a lot stronger. That's when I was younger. I just I've gotten a little smarter as a as, as a uh, player. Okay. Okay. And. Let's go to the NBA Finals now and get started tonight. How do you see this thing playing out? I like the matchup. You know, Miami had a really funny matchup when it became Indiana. Um, I love what Chris Bosh did, and you know, me by that was they were kind of not as the first games. They kind of let the game come to them. I think you know they kind of sort of, excuse my language, that shit don't stink. Like, you, this, is the, this, is, this is the opportunity. So in game seven, I saw Chris literally just attacking, attacking, attacking the big uh, guy. So, right. so, yeah, he's one person. But that's that wearing a person now. Now, the way you're bringing a person down, right? So as you said, hey, if I, if I attack you 30 times, 
you have to hit me at least four or five times. Now what it does is it changes the whole parameter of the game. The coaches have to change the subs. Should I come over to help? I don't want to sit on the bench. You know, those things. And I think that's in um, Stevenson where he's attacking him and, um, and uh, Chris Bosch is attacking uh, him out. I think that aggressiveness took them more um, in that game where it was a little harder. But in this, game, in this series, I think Shane Battier will play more. Um, okay. You know, Mike Miller, I think he'll play a little more um, because of the matchups. Because, you know, a San Antonio really doesn't have two dominant post guys like they did, like Indiana did uh, right. with David West and uh, and uh, Hibbert. Uh, so, the Bronx is at four, you know, and it makes it a lot easier. So how do you see who Who wins this series in your mind? I think, you know, listen, I love Greg Popovich. I love him. Tony, I love those guys, but I just see that Mikey woke themselves up like this is our this is our chance, you know. That's that's not hold back, you know. I mean six. So you like Miami and six? Like Miami and six. Now, real quickly, now before we let you get out, before you get out of here. You know, you're a guy over the years had a big-time dress game. I mean, one thing you know about Katino Mobley, he's going to be clean when he's out and about. I, res- res- I respect your opinion in this area. How would you rate D. Wade in his dress game at this point? I love him. I, I, you know, when I, I, when I was in Houston, I went to the All-Star, uh, his uh, his uh, event, and, uh, and he had an amazing Tom Ford three-piece on. And that's just something I would do on myself. Uh, D. Wade is my favorite in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, and LeBron's a close second. But I love those guys. You're breaking up. I'm sorry. Hello? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. yeah I, I, got you gotta, I think you got to go outside the box a little bit. He does that. His stylus is amazing. And LeBron's a close second, followed by Kobe. Okay. Okay. So, so, you, okay. so it's Wade, LeBron, and Kobe in terms of the dress game. Mm-hmm. Katino, you're on Twitter. Where can fans connect with you on Twitter? Um, at Katino's Life, C-U-T-T-I-N-O-S-L-I-F-E. Katino, pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck on your comeback. Let's do it again. All right, I appreciate you. Thanks a lot. Take care. Katino right. Mobley. Let's bring in now a guy who was patient with us. He waited for us. Let's bring him in now, Kings Forward. Patrick Patterson. Patrick, how are you, man? Doing well. How you doing, man? Doing well. Thanks for your patience. No problem. The Kings right now, new ownership, also got a new coach in Mike Malone who was hired last week. Have you spoken to Coach Malone at this point? Not yet. Not yet. Um, I believe that he has been given all of our information. Uh, We know he has a bunch of stuff, you know, to go through right now with the team and media and, and whatnot and his family. So he has a, a bunch of priorities to uphold to right now. But in some time, we all will make contact with him, introduce ourselves to him, and just congratulate him and uh, let him know how excited we are about this year and um, him joining the team. What, what have you heard about Coach Malone? Um, just that he's a good coach. He's um, a player's coach. Um, he, he relates well to the players. Uh, he's able to 
you know, get the best out of his players and also um, off the court, you know, he's a guy you can rely on. He's a guy you can trust in and believe in. And uh, he's a guy that's definitely going to push you on the court. So uh, nothing but good things, nothing but positive things. He was with a, a winning team. You know, he knows what it takes to get to the playoffs. And uh, overall, I just heard, you know, he's a great coach and a good guy to be around. Now, you were traded by the Rockets to the Kings mid-year. First off, how surprised were you when that trade went down? Um, honestly, I was pretty shocked. Um, I had no idea I was getting traded. Um, I had no uh, thoughts that I was going to get traded. And pretty much it was just just, um, just a shock overall. So, um, overall, I was surprised and um, but it turned to work out for the best, you know. Um, Houston did they thing; they made it to the playoffs and uh, surprised a lot of people. They almost had uh, a chance to win that first round. And myself yeah. being Sacramento, you know, it's a good place to be. Great team. We have great potential, and uh, hopefully, we can make some noise next year. Now, with the Kings, you were reunited with your former college teammate Demarcus Cousins. But as a whole, how much of an adjustment was you, was it for you going from Sacramento? Excuse me, going from Houston to Sacramento. It was tough in the beginning just because you have to learn a new system, uh, develop relationships with the coaching staff and the players, remember names, remember remember plays, um, try to overall fit in, um, not separate yourself from the team and the system that they already have. And uh, for the first couple games, you know, first couple weeks, it was tough. But as we gradually went on, as I got more practice time, more reps with them, uh, more opportunities to play, it became a lot more smoother, and uh, overall it just got easier. We're talking to Kings forward Patrick Patterson. And, Patrick, 2012-2013 was a breakout year for you. You, you averaged in double figures. 38, you started 38 games with the Rockets. Talk about the strides that you made in 2013. Uh, just the ability to expand my game, um, step out on the perimeter, spread the floor, uh, shoot the throw, three ball, knock it down pretty much on a consistent basis. Um, just work on my leadership skills, uh, my vocal skills, and overall just, just being a better player. Um, last year I thought I did a good job defensively-wise um, and also offensively-wise with taking advantage of my opportunities and expanding my game. So uh, this year I look to thrive off that. Um, expand my game even more, uh, be able to put the ball down on the ground, work on my ball handling, uh, be more confident with my jump shot, and just overall be a different type of player. Now, one knock on your game is rebounding. Your former coach with the Kings, Keith Smart, wanted you to be better in that area. Do you feel like you need to improve in that area? Yeah, yeah. Uh, With Houston, um, I didn't really rebound that much. I think I probably averaged maybe five or six rebounds, but uh, that's being as a starter, and usually the starters usually average around 7 to 11, you know, somewhere in that range. So uh, I know that's the area my game I have to work on. Uh, that's something I've been focusing on as well this summer. But this is all about just being the first ones of the ball, more, more aggressive, uh, attentive out there, and uh, you just want it more than, than the opposing players. So that's something I have to work on. That's something I gradually got better on at with Sacramento, you know, once I got traded. Uh, coming off the bench, averaging around 5.5 rebounds off the bench. So, no, that's something I've got better with as the year progressed and something I will definitely get better uh, on next year. Now, the Kings, they were pretty close to moving to Seattle. Ultimately, things worked out, and the Kings stayed in Sacramento. You had a short time 
with the great fans of Sacramento. But what has your experience been with the fans of Sacramento? Uh, just seeing how passionate they are. Uh, they really care about their team. Uh, they love their team. Uh, they pack, pack the stadium in, out every single night. Um, just the enthusiasm, the energy that they bring game in and game out. And all around the city, just all the love that they show you. Um, just their passion, you know, they they love the team, they love the Kings, they they definitely want them to go, and just seeing all the effort that they put into trying to get them to stay, and overall it working out, them staying in the end, you know, it just shows how much they care about their team, and uh, it's definitely something that I noticed when I first got there, just seeing all the fans and uh, how much they talked about the basketball team and the love for the game. Now you talked about the talent that's in Sacramento, Tyreek Evans, DeMarcus Cousins, Marcus Thornton, to name a few. Do you think you guys can take that next step and ultimately get to the playoffs next season? Yeah, we can. We definitely can. You know, the talent's definitely there. It's just all about putting it together, um, not trying to play so much one-on-one basketball, um, not worrying about outscoring the opponent. You know, that can't be the way you have to win games. It's it's a defense. You know, we have the talent. We have the guys who can score. We have the guys who can put up numbers, but uh, we have to combine that as one, you know, be able to share the ball, be able to move the ball. Uh, we're young, so we can get out and run and transition. But it's all about keeping your calm, cool, being mature out there on the court and focus more on defense, focus more on stopping your opponents, uh, focus more on just overall a whole unit as one and not worrying about I and uh, myself, but willing to sacrifice for the greater good of the team. How good can DeMarcus Cousins be? In my opinion, DeMarcus can be the best big man in the league. Um, he's definitely top five, in my opinion. You know, even right now, you know, with his age, uh, he's extremely gifted, you know, with his size, his strength, his ability. Um, he can put the ball on the floor. He's got great handles, great touch, great hands, and uh, he's able to shoot the ball as well. So uh, DeMarcus can be as great as he wants to be, in my opinion. Uh, hopefully, you know, with the work he, I know he's going to put in the summer and uh, preparing for next year. He'll definitely be in that top three. It's not the, the best big man for next year. We're talking to Kings forward Patrick Patterson. And, Patrick, you got some big big things going on off the court. P-Pats Academy, July 1st to the 3rd, Lexington, Kentucky. Tell us about it. Yeah. Uh, first official camp that I'm actually doing myself. Um, felt like now was a good time to – go back to Lexington, Kentucky, uh, go back to Big Blue Nation, all the fans in that area, and just put on the camp, you know, that not only focuses on, you know, the basketball side, the skill side, the ball handling, the, just all the basics, but also the off-court stuff, you know, education, uh, doing the right thing, uh, you know, your, per, your parents, you know, listening to your parents. Just, just right. don't totally focus, you know, on basketball. You know, even though we got some great camp advisors, great counselors, some great guys who are going to run the camp and uh, teach you all the bases about basketball and all the moves that you want to learn and everything that's going to excel you to the next level, but we also want to focus on other things that people don't talk about, you know, schoolwork, uh, what it takes to get to the next level off the course. So I'm very excited. I'm very happy that I'm doing this, and I'm definitely looking forward to it. Now, where can fans find information about this great academy? Uh, the fans can find it on my Twitter account, uh, at P-D-P-A-T-T. Uh, they can go on my website, patrickpatterson.com, and it's, it's, it's there. So um, they can also call the number 
1914 for further information. But, yeah, those three places, you can definitely find out more information and you can sign up. Definitely. Go to his Twitter account, check his Twitter account out, and, and see some of the great things he has going on with the PPAT Academy. And also, you can call the number 713-320-2194. Now, Patrick, the NBA Finals get started tonight. I saw on your Twitter feed, Heat or Spurs. Well, you tell me, Patrick, Heat or Spurs. Oh, man, it's extremely tough, especially with the way LeBron's playing right now. Um, it seems like he's a man on a mission again, and nobody can stop him. But uh, I'm kind of leaning more towards the Spurs. Um, you know, they have so many weapons. Um, Tim Duncan, even with his age, he's averaging 20-plus points, 10-plus rebounds, and the way Tony Parker's playing, if, if Ginobili's playing well. And in my opinion, the big X factor is Kawhi Leonard. If he comes out okay. there and averages a double-double, um, I have strong confidence in them taking this series and maybe game maybe game five. Uh, I'm confident enough they can get get it done in five, but most likely it will be game six. So you believe that the Spurs theoretically could win this series in five, but you're saying yeah. the Spurs will win it in six. Yeah, I have more confidence in the Spurs winning all three at home than Miami winning both at home. You know, these first two at home, but um, – I'll definitely say game six. Now, what about in terms of the Heat? Now, you look at the Heat, and LeBron James has carried these boys to this point. He needs help. Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, do you see those two stepping up in this series? Uh, from what I saw, from what we saw in Wade last game, um, if Wade steps up, uh, if Bosh does his thing, gets a double-double, um, they could definitely win the series. You know, uh, the big thing is just how well Wade will play. You know, if, if we, the Dwayne Wade that we've seen and we know uh, comes out and plays extremely hard, tough, makes the shots, gets to the rim, penetration, you know, uh, transition baskets, just, just does the things that Dwayne Wade knows how to do. If he does that, plus what LeBron's already going to do that we all know, and if Bosch gets his double-double, um, then they can definitely win that series. It's definitely dependent on Dwayne Wade's performance. So you believe essentially Dwayne Wade is the X factor in a lot of ways? Yeah, for Miami, it's, it's all about Dwayne Wade because we know what to expect with LeBron. and uh, Bosch is definitely getting better every single night. and It's just all about Dwayne Wade and what he can do. And uh, uh, Miami used to be his team. We all know that. And uh, the other two came in and they all combined and matched and gelled together. But now, uh, if Wade plays like Dwayne Wade did back before the big three, uh, he'll definitely take that series. Definitely, and, and I agree with you. I think LeBron James needs the big three to be the big three against yeah. the San Antonio Spurs. And I, I look at it also this way. I mean, you look at the two teams that the Heat played in the East. Well, they played the Bucks, but that wasn't really close. But the other two teams, the Bulls and the Pacers, those teams really couldn't score the way the Spurs can. And to me, yeah. that's also going to be a difference. Yeah, the Spurs do a great job of sharing and moving the ball. They're probably the best team at doing that. You know, there are no selfish people on the team. They're definitely looking to make that extra pass. And it seems like every night, you know, Tony Parker is averaging high assists and uh, Tim Duncan is doing this thing and Ginobili is doing this thing. And, you know, they're definitely great at moving the ball. They can put up numbers. And um, they're an exciting team, even though with, they don't have all the flash like other NBA teams, teams do, but they do it the right way. So, for the record, you have the Spurs in six. 
Spurs and six. Spurs and six, okay. And I'm close to agreeing with you, but we'll see. I'll make my pick a little later. Patrick, sure. one more time, where can fans find out about this great P-Pad Academy? Uh, the fans can find out more about the P-Pad Academy at my website, patrickpatterson.com. They can go on my Twitter account at P-D-P-A-T-T, which is at P-D-Pat. Uh, and they can also call the number 713-320-2914 for further information. Patrick, pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. Let's do this again. Appreciate it, man. Take care. Patrick Patterson, forward for the Sacramento Kings. He has a big camp coming up, big academy coming up, PPAT Academy. Go to his Twitter page, at P-D-P-A-T-T, and also go to his website, PatrickPatterson.com, to hear about some of the great things going on with Patrick Patterson and his basketball camp. It's time now for me to make my pick. I'm just looking at everything, looking at all the the X factors, all the intangibles, everything involved with this particular series. And I'm about to make my decision at this point. I'm about to figure out and decide who's going to win this series. As far as I'm concerned, I know I'm repeating myself, but I have to reiterate this. The Heat haven't played a team that scored like the Spurs in these playoffs. Secondly, the, team, the Heat have not played a team that executes like the Spurs in these playoffs. Thirdly, the, team, the Heat have not played a team or a point guard like Tony Parker in these playoffs. They just not. They just have not. Finally, the Heat have not been up against a coach like Greg Popovich. So, bottom line is this. LeBron James has to be big. Dwayne Wade has to be big. Chris Bosh has to be big. The big three has to be at least two and a half, if not three, if the Miami Heat want to win. Will they be? Here's my pick. They will not. I like the San Antonio Spurs to win this series. And six, I like Tim Duncan to get his fifth title. And I know we've been talking about Kobe and Jordan and all those comparisons and whatnot. And and obviously, I think Kobe and Jordan are a little bit above Tim Duncan. But five championships is five championships. And if Tim Duncan and the Spurs can win this series, which I think they will, in six, this team will go down. This coach, this center, this group, these group of players will go down now as one of the better play, better teams in this era. They will go down as one of the better teams in this era. I believe they win this series in six. We shall see. I want to thank Katino Mobley for stopping by as he makes his road. He's on the road to recovery, on his road to come back, on his road to getting back to the NBA. I also want to thank Patrick Patterson for stopping by. Make sure you go to his website, PatrickPatterson.com. Follow him on Twitter, PDPat, at PDPat, excuse me. Also, Aurelius Ben of the Eagles. Follow him on Twitter, at Aurelius Ben. You can listen to this show 
another great show at blogtalkradio.com slash pgan, where you can listen to this great show and other great shows. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at go for it Can. For everybody here, at go for it. we hope you have a great night. We hope you enjoy the NBA Finals. Sit back, relax, enjoy the Finals. See you later. Take care. Bye!